musical makes me feel like I'm a part of something bigger. My favorite business show. Hands down, the best B2B sales and marketing podcast. The ultimate resource for salespeople. George makes me want to conquer local. An authentic entertainer. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Here's George Leaf. I was so excited when the team found this next guest. Mike Rhodes is the founder and CEO of Web Savvy. Web Savvy is an Australian agency, been around for about 14 years. Mike has co-authored the world's best-selling book on Google Ads, now into its sixth rendition. The Ultimate Guide to Google Ads. And why sixth rendition is important is you know that it's up to date, which is always a challenge when you're working with Google because they're constantly changing the algorithm. But you know, Mike's been there, done that. I think they brought him in as one of the one of the co-authors on version number four. Since 2006, him and his team have been running campaigns for brands all over the planet. And he now is one of Australia's largest independent Google agencies. And that is no small feat. We're going to get Mike on the show in just a few moments to talk about Web Savvy, to talk about Agency Savvy, which is a company he created to train organizations. Mike has spoken to over 100 events all around the world, including the Traffic and Conversion Summit. We love Ryan Dice and that team that put on that event. Also, a digital summit as far away as in Moscow over the years. So we're going to speak to Mike in just a few moments and learn more about what is in the cards for Google Ads, now that we've got this whole new focus on privacy, for Google Shopping, and why all of that matters if you're getting into e-commerce. Coming up next on the Conquer Local Podcast. Mike Rhodes joining us on the show all the way, well, down under. How did I do? Down under. Is that okay? Shrimp on the I'm Barbie. Calling from, calling from the future. <laughs> well, it's exciting to have you on the show. We kind of covered off in the intro your path to today. And I'd love to learn a little bit about Web Savvy. We talked about it in the intro, but I'd love to hear it from the man that put it all together. So if you could give us that 14-year background in two minutes, that'd be great. <laughs> well, I started my first business back in... Well, last century, 99. And um, <laughs> that was a success because of two books. A friend gave me two books, The Cashflow Quadrant, Robert Kiyosaki, and The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. So I systemized the hell out of that business, built it up over 18 months, sold it, and then moved to Sydney, and then discovered there was this thing called an E-Myth coach, which could have been helping me all along. So I became an E-Myth coach. I went and trained with Gerber and his team in California, flew over there at two days' notice. That's a whole different story. And became an Emith coach. And I, I loved, I've always loved the business of business. I love helping businesses grow. And I absolutely sucked at being an Emith coach because <laughs> they just wanted more customers. And I wanted to systemize their whole business. But more customers was module five. And we weren't going to get to that for a while. So I kept getting thrown out of people's offices. And then I discovered this amazing thing called Google Ads or Google AdWords, it was called back then in 2004. My now, co-author Perry Marshall was giving a presentation in Australia about this amazing thing. And what, what do you mean? People, you only show ads to people that are searching for what you sell and you only pay if they're interested enough to click on your ads. And of course, back in those days, everything was five cents a click. So 
This was what they all wanted and needed. So I stopped paying Gerber an obscene amount of money to license the name Emith, started teaching everybody I could find about this amazing new tool called Google AdWords. And nine out of 10 people I spoke to said, mate, I don't care how it works. Just do it for me, would you? <laughs> so it took me a little while to, um, for that message to get through my thick skull, but I, I started the agency shortly after that. Been training other agencies pretty much since then. So we now, my sister company, we train a few hundred competitors essentially on how to do what we do. And Web Savvy has, yeah, it's grown and grown, I'm very happy to say, thanks to an amazing team and some beautiful clients. So where where does this um, propensity that you have to share and teach come from? Because it it seems like when you were telling the story, you, you learned this thing and immediately you wanted to go teach people who could become your yeah. competitors. I, I don't see that that often. I, maybe I'm just stupid, George. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I've always loved helping people and I guess that that's one of my sort of default things is to go into well let's understand it somebody told me recently I'm the most curious person that they know I think they meant that in a good way I'm not entirely sure <laughs> but I'm always learning I'm always trying new things I, I love to crawl under the hood figure out how it all works and so then I yeah maybe when, maybe when I crawl back out I just I need to tell people how it works that's that's partly how I learn is I think you you learn at a deeper level when you know you're going to teach it. I notice when we go to your website and we start to look through the content on the Web Savvy website, or when I go to look at anything that's been written about the speaking events that you're involved in, you really want people to understand the value. I see that coming out of all of the text and it, it, it's your entire organization, by the way, because you get little bios on there of all the people working there. This is definitely something in your DNA. Yeah, I'd never actually looked at it that way. But um, yeah, I, I, am, I am manic about value. I had a, a consulting call the other day with this big group in Australia, this sort of 100 mil heading for bigger things. And I said, look, you're doing a great job. You're doing fantastic. What do you need little old me for? And I was just so concerned the whole way through that call of, can I really add massive value, way more value than you think you're paying for that's that's that is in my dna and i've i'm, I'm never going to change that I, I always want to over deliver so when we used to be able to travel um i noticed that you've been to moscow you've been to traffic and conversion which is one of our favorite conventions to go to you've pretty much yeah. spoken all over the world what what does a what does a mike rose keynote look like at one of these events um stories a uh, bit of strategy and a whole lot of tactics and practical, these are things that you can go do. But I love to include that in some sort of framework. So I love to create traffic and conversion you mentioned. I love Ryan and the team. They're awesome. So, And that's at the beginning of the year, typically. So I'd always like to try and invent something new, a new framework, a new tool. And then that would sort of kick off the year. And then that might be part of my other talks, although I don't think I've ever done the same talk twice. I always try and I guess it comes back to the whole value thing, right? Who's the audience? What do they already know? What do they need to know? What's changed since the last time I spoke at that event? And how can I, um, yeah, I guess over deliver again. I never thought of it that way. Thank you for helping me see that about myself. 
So if we're going to talk about the way that you've over-delivered over the years, we have to talk yeah. about Google Ads. we got to talk, because you were one of the pioneers in launching those campaigns, but then understanding and, and being able to grow that. But then I see in our notes here, we, we got to talk about artificial intelligence. And then yes. I'd love to understand some more about Google Shopping. So let's talk about how AI is going to change things in your view when it comes to you know marketing and advertising of an organization. I think it's it's interesting to note here that that Larry and Sergey and the, the you know the top guys in Google really had to be persuaded that artificial intelligence and um, machine learning was actually the thing. And this we go all the way back ten years to 2011. The smartest guy you've never heard of, Andrew Ng, introduced all of this to Google. Went on to fire, found Coursera, which is why a bunch of people have now heard of him. And maybe you own some Coursera stock. They launched the other day. He basically brought that in and, and said, look, you can't keep doing things the way you're doing. If you think about the results that you see on Google, they were all created by a whole bunch of rules. They got up to about 4 million of these rules, every single one hand-coded by an engineer, if this, then that. So, you know, depending on where you were in the world, you saw different results for different searches. That clearly wasn't going to continue. We are using our, these little computers in our pockets more and more. And building up those rules was getting messy. They're starting to conflict. Machine learning was clearly going to be the answer, but it took a fair bit of convincing. Now, since around that time, 2011, 2012, the stat that Google liked to quote, which actually comes from Sam Altman's company, OpenAI, which is the power of AI is doubling every 3.4 months. So we've had Moore's law for 50 years, doubling every 18 to 24 months. Now the power of it is doubling every three or four months. So it's getting better fast. And of course, Google have perfect data on their side. They know every keyword, every ad, every click that has ever been on their platform. And they have near perfect data, for the time being at least, about all of us, about the sites that we go to, what we search for, how we use our Google Home Assistant, what we watch on YouTube, how we use Chrome, how we use Android. All of that data means they're very, very, very good now at putting together the pieces and understanding who's going to click before they even know they're going to click themselves and who's going to convert, in other words, buy something or become a lead, and even the value of that conversion. So, you know, if they're going to show an ad to someone that's about to visit the washing machine site, the, the machine has a fair idea of if they're going to buy the $400 machine or the $4,000 machine. It just knows. And so over the past, we've tested it an awful lot over the past four or five years. And in the past, I'd say 12, maybe 18 months, it's gotten really, really good at just shooting the eyes out of the market, at you being able to sort of show ads to a broader group of people than you did in the past, but letting the machine figure out, oh, that person, based on everything we know about them right now, that person's likely to click, likely to convert. And that's all driven by machine learning and AI. They bought this company in, out of London, DeepMind. Nobody had ever heard of it. No customers, no revenue, and they paid half a billion dollars for it in 2014. We'd all have that deal um, because of the talent. They had 110 of the best AI minds on the planet, and they wanted the talent and locked them in. And that amazing, you know, those are the guys that went on to beat the best in the world at Go and then other computer games. And now they're doing this amazing stuff where you don't even need to give the computer the rules of the game, it'll just figure out how to play the game and then beat the best of the world in a few days. Crazy, the stuff that they're doing. And if well, you think about it, that's, that's what we do as marketers, right? That, that, that's the game. 
No, I, exactly. I gotta, I gotta ask you about privacy because I know that the big, the big mm-hmm. news story is around things that Apple um, is doing. They're using it as a value proposition that we're we're gonna protect your privacy. You got ads, folks freaking out. How is this new focus on privacy going to impact the tactics that that businesses are using when it comes to the good old search engine marketing? It is going to change things a lot. Google are sort of taking the line of, oh, privacy, yeah, you're very, very important to us, of course. We just want to make sure that we do privacy in a way that allows us to keep making a few billion dollars. We just want to do it in a way that allows you to see those tailored ads, which are so much less annoying than seeing those rubbish ads. And I kind of agree with that in a sense. Like, I never want to see an ad for an HP laptop ever again because I'm never, ever going to buy one. So Google believe at their core, that good ads can be useful information. So if we take that premise, then yes, you don't want to see all the irrelevant ads. And I guess on the the far end of that spectrum would be people that say, well, let's not have any ads at all. But, you know, all democratic media has always been supported by ads, radio, TV. So that probably isn't going to change, at least until we figure out a way of paying for things in a different way and maybe blockchain is going to change the world there who knows well i've been watching a lot of shows around blockchain thanks uh, for bringing that up but we won't get into that today let's talk about That's google a shopping conversation <laughs> totally is. so mike <laughs> tell me your take on google shopping so google shopping i absolutely love this tool sure particularly in the states half of people that are going to go buy something will start their journey on amazon because there are 200 million prime users in the world now and an awful lot of e-com happens over there. But there is still a huge number of people whose journey will typically either start on or at some point involves a trip to Google. So you go to Facebook to forget, to get away, to show off, to show pictures of your kids. You go to Google when you've got an itch to scratch. And if you need to buy something, you're gonna do some research at some point on Google. And yet most of the retailers that I meet, particularly when I come to the States and speak, are spending a fair chunk of money on Facebook ads, but they've never tried Google Shopping. And so the opportunity, if you're a retailer, is huge because the competition is less and people are there to buy. They're searching for the stuff that you sell. You only show ads to people that are searching for what you have to sell. And yes, it's a it's a competitive auction space. In other words, you have to be competitive compared to your competitors, you have to not necessarily bid more than them, but you have to do a better job of showing up. So you've got to describe your product in the way that your future customers are searching for it, but you only pay if they click on that little, those little square ads that you see across the top of the screen with a picture of the product, little description underneath, and the price of the product. They tend to lead to sales more often than people clicking on text ads because People have got context. They've seen the product. They've seen the price on your website. So when they do click through, they're even more likely than average to buy. And the the ROI from those little ads is absolutely fantastic. So Google love them because advertisers are spending more and more money on them, particularly over the last 12 months. Consumers love them because they know what they're going to get. They can see the product. They can see the price. And Google won't let you show an ad if those things don't match with what's on your website. So they check all of that data in the background beforehand. And so Google, you're going to see these ads in more and more places. They're starting to pop up on YouTube. They're starting to pop up on third-party sites. They're just, it's, it's, we love them because our clients love the return that we can get for them from these little ads. It's, uh, if you're a retailer and you haven't tried them, you must, must try them. 
So we we enter into this COVID period where e-commerce grew more in 90 days than it had grown in 11 years. We're talking about mm-hmm. Google Google Shopping. How closely linked are Google Shopping ads to a business's new e-commerce solution that they deploy? Um, is, am I connecting the dots correctly here? Totally. If you have, are you one of those millions of people that have set up a new Shopify store over the past 12 months? then you basically have everything you need ready to go. Because behind the scenes in that Shopify store, there is a big database of all of the products that you sell. Even if it could be six, it could be 6,000. All you need to do is connect that data to Google, jump through a couple of hoops, and Google will start running those ads. Yes, of course, you're going to have to enter a credit card in at some point, but you get to choose how much you're going to spend each day. You can test this out with five bucks a day, 10 bucks a day. Sure, some of our clients will be sending tens of thousands a day. But it's entirely up to you. You have control. And if you only service a small area around your town or just the people within your state, of course, you can set it to that as well and only show ads to those people or only show ads to people on Tuesday afternoons if that's what you want to do. But um, yes, if you've started a retail store recently, I would urge you to give these little ads a try. The one, the one thing that I wanted to ask you about, and it, it's something I've been thinking a lot about over the last few months, I'm going to do e-commerce that's going to change everything, right? There, there are business people thinking that just building the e-commerce store is going to change <laughs> everything. <laughs> and uh, one of my not so famous lines, but maybe one day it will be, is it's kind of like a billboard in the middle of nowhere. Y- you still have to have that, you know, advertising to drive awareness, get some eyeballs on it, find the right audience, uh, have a positive totally. reputation. Like none of that stuff changes. Just the fact you have an e-commerce store has, you still have to get eyeballs to it. When you, when you said my not so favorite, I thought you were going to say my not so favorite film of all time, the Kevin Costner classic Field of Dreams. <laughs> if you build it, then they won't come. Yeah, most people spend all their money building the store and never leave money left over for the marketing, the sales of that. You have to go buy customers. And if you do a great job, those customers will tell other people and you'll get word of mouth. But to get off the ground, and if you don't knock people's socks off with your customer service, you're going to need to go buy customers. But you do it in a way that is profitable. I mean, this this whole game of advertising, it was said many, many, many years ago, showing the right ad to the right person at the right time. The bit that gets left off that is doing so profitably. You're only going to continue running ads if you can do it at a profit, at which point, if you tip a dollar into the machine, we run the machine for you and hand you $8 back. How often do you want to tip dollars into the machine? Like all day and twice on Sunday. Let's go. Right. Unlimited budget if you can show me ROI. Absolutely. Absolutely. The vast majority of our clients have unlimited budget because if you can hit that ROAS target or that ROI target, then let's keep going. If we were Um, to attend one of your training sessions, Mike, or we were to be one of your clients at Web Savvy, what's a piece of advice that you give everybody that they need to be aware of today? What's one component? You're like, I can't go out of a meeting without talking about this. Well, I guess mindset. Let's go with mindset, right? Um, It is a mindset of investment. You are not spending money on this. This is not a cost. You are investing $1,000, $10,000, $100,000 into, first of all, learning from the market, as my old options trader used to tell me. You are paying money to the market to educate you. You then use that data to get better and better and better so that you understand which bits are good, which bits are bad. Well, let's do more of that and less of the bad 
so that we get better over time. That's what we do for our clients is the continual optimization based on all of the data that the market is continually giving us. So first have a mindset of investment because if you can tip a dollar in and get eight back or 17 or four or whatever works for your business, then it isn't spending money, is it? You are, we, we're, we're selling money at a discount. So you're investing. I, I want to un- unpack that a little bit just for our listeners to really understand what you said there, because I think you might've came up with a new way. Well, the first time I've heard this way of setting that first month expectation on any sort of ad campaign, we're going to run this budget and we're going to learn a lot in the first 30 days. And, yep. and especially with a new client, because you don't know what you don't know. Now I see reps all the time, walk in and say, give me that thousand dollars. I'm going to change the world for you. Yeah. How, how's that going to work out for you when you don't know what you don't know? So th- this is something that I'm sure you've been talking about for years, though. Yeah, that is a very, very dangerous prospect. We, um, I audited an account with one of my team last week, and we gave it an A-. And we went back to the guys and we said, whoever's doing this for you, they're doing a great job. Keep doing what you're doing. And they, they looked at each other and, hang on a minute, no agency has ever said that. You're the first agency that ever said that everybody else says no 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 like you need to give this to us immediately like we need to take this over if it's done well it's done well so yes it's all about learning using that data if the data says you're doing a great job you're doing a great job you can use that in so many other areas of the business too so you might be testing different messaging which google ads allows you to do very very quickly so very very fast feedback loop and very useful data that may change. I used to say this all the time. Yeah, that might change what you put on the side of the van or what goes on the business card or what goes on the homepage of your website. If you're testing different benefits of showing that to your audience and one really resonates way more than the others, well, where else can we use that? That might change your LinkedIn profile. So many different ways that you can use that data, that knowledge that you've learned that the market is giving you because we don't have the answers, right? We've both been doing this a very long time and yet we'll still see campaigns or a billboard, to your point, where you go, that's never going to work. That's ridiculous. And yet it blows its socks off. Or we'll test nine different ads. We ran, um, we've run, we run tests that have led to the billboard being chosen. Now, I don't know by using these different banner ads if that absolutely relates to which is the best billboard. But if we've got data that says one of these ads is five times more likely to get clicked on than one of the others, it's probably a more eye-catching billboard. So let's run with that rather than the graphic designer going, well, I like purple, so we're going to go with this one. Let's use data. Well, Mike, I know that you and I could probably talk for hours about various subjects. I, I do want to get a little bit of insight into the bu- the book that you wrote. Uh, it's a best-selling book around the ultimate guide to Google ads. And, you know, where could our listeners find it if they want to learn more from you? I'm pretty sure you'll find it anywhere you buy books, um, Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, etc. Yeah, it is the world's best-selling book on the topic of Google ads. My co-authors, Brian Marshall and, uh, sorry, Harry Marshall and Brian Todd, uh, absolute legends in this industry. I only came along in the fourth edition. We just released the sixth edition. So we're losing count of how many books get sold. But again, we love to teach and we love to see other people take this and run with it. You don't need necessarily to hire an agency, pay thousands of dollars a month in fees. If you're a small business serving a local area and you only want to spend three, four hundred bucks a month on ads, 
then everything you need is in the book to get started. And I've even got a video course that'll walk you through. If you prefer watching videos compared to reading, then my Google Ads Fundamentals course, we just put online for free. So we'll make that link available to your producer and pop it in the show notes if you like. Great. Well, we are going to share a number of links and the link for Web Savvy, which is your organization. Now, do you do the coaching out of that company or do you have a different organization for the coaching if we have any of our partners that are interested in getting Mike uh, to do some coaching for them? Yeah, so Web Savvy is the done for you part. So that starts with us looking at what you're doing, like I said, giving you a grade and saying, this is great or this is terrible. There's some issues and opportunities here. That's all at Web Savvy. Then Agency Savvy is my sister company. That's where I teach. That's where I train. I do consulting. Uh, predominantly, that's teaching other agencies. But we have a number of uh, in-house marketers there, some business owners that just like some of the stuff that we teach. Um, there's different concepts, different frameworks in there. And it's always, always being updated. I started it because when the book came out, it was nine months after I'd written it and three massive things had changed since I'd written it. And, and I just wanted there to be a place where you could get the most up-to-date information in the world on Google Ads. So that has become Agency Savvy. Well, that's uh, two fantastic links that we will put out there in the show notes for everyone to have a look at. And Mike, I appreciate you jumping on early, your time in, in Australia, and uh, hope things are, are going well for you and your family in Melbourne and for your team. Really appreciate your insights today and joining us here on the Conquer Local podcast. Thanks very much, George. Pleasure speaking to you. doesn't take too long to filter through that great accent and realize that Mike Rhodes is the real deal. He's been doing this for a long time and he brings an enormous amount of expertise to the space. What I love about what he was talking about was this whole idea of what's about to happen with artificial intelligence and the rate that artificial intelligence is changing the game. And that's why we need to be constantly learning. Doesn't matter what space you're in. Doesn't matter if you're a 14 year expert like Mike is, he is on the cutting edge because he's always learning what's new. And he's a, you know, a couple steps ahead of the game all the time. This whole idea around the message to the right audience at the right time, never been more important than it is today. And the idea that you could utilize this new technology with the artificial intelligence to not waste your precious dollars to put that right message in front of the right audience. But I, I wanted to get out of mic what I think sometimes is getting lost. And I hear this more and more as we talk to folks. Well, I got my e-commerce website. I think I'm good. And nothing could be further from the truth. It is, you know, it's great that you got an e-commerce website, but now what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do to make sure that you get traffic and eyeballs and the right audience onto that e-commerce website? And talking about Google shopping, that's that carousel when you search for something where it pops up, you know, maybe some large brands and how do I get that local business to appear in that Google shopping carousel and then how it links to your e-commerce website. I thought it was very poignant to have Mike speak to that at this point in time, because we have new e-commerce stores being born every single second of every day. And then we have entrepreneurs that are hugely disappointed 60 to 90 days down the road that there isn't a big pile of money there. And uh, I think that this is now one of the unintended consequences of this rise of e-commerce. It's not just building the framework in the store. There still is that ability of, 
I'm not going to shop in your e-commerce store if you got a bad online reputation. I'm not going to shop in your e-commerce store if I can't find the bloody thing. I'm not going to shop in the e-commerce store if it doesn't have a compelling offer that matches what I'm looking for. So there's a whole other component here that we need to be thinking about. E-commerce is definitely not a silver bullet on its own. It needs to be deployed with this purposeful approach. And thanks to Mike for sharing some of that information. By the way, Mike's got this great agency savvy service where he can teach your organization to be more successful. And we're going to share all of the links in the show notes. And I just got a feeling that it won't be the last time we hear from Mike Rhodes as a guest here on the Conquer Local podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. We look forward to your feedback. You can reach out to us on LinkedIn, or you could even follow us on various social media channels and just put comments into the posts that we put up. We love hearing from our audience. And by the way, if you wouldn't mind reviewing us and just click that button and subscribe, that'd be great as well. We look forward to coming episodes as we talk more this year about that rise of e-commerce. It's one of our central themes. And uh, by the way, my name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local Podcast presented by Vendasta. Guest discovery and scheduling by Jacob Soley and Carissa Clausen. Marketing by Rory Lawford, Aaron Shawaga, Nicole Lozon, and Trent Walker. Produced by Colleen McGrath. Executive producers Brendan King and George Leith. Recorded and mixed at Sound Lounge by T-Bone.